Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to Raw, the fight within a brand new podcast series hosted by me, Coogan Cassius. Over the course of the series, I'll be sitting down with some of the most high profile figures from the world of boxing, including fighters, trainers and promoters, in order to dig a little deeper and understand their own personal stories. This podcast is about much more than simply what happens inside the ring. It's about the journey, the sacrifices, the agony, the ecstasy, the highs, the lows, the tears and the fears. It's about getting to know the person. Thank you for tuning in and I really hope you enjoy it. If you do, be sure to like, comment and subscribe. This podcast is suitable for over 18s only as it may contain adult content and explicit language. Well, this week I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Beck Connolly. Uh, first of all, Beck, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Good. Um, yeah, we, we've had quite a few kind of interviews over the last however long, etc. And I suppose, actually, I was going to say that they are the sort of same cliche questions, etc. <laughs> but with you, they're all actually quite random, the interviews that we do in general. I, mean, I never know actually what... I never know no, what's going to happen. <laughs> it's a surprise to me as well, what comes out. <laughs> so, okay, so listen, we're going to start kind of easy and then we're going to get into it. And we're going to try and get to know Beck Connolly a little bit better. Okay. This is the, the objective <laughs> of today's session. Are. Session, oh God. Um, what was your kind of first memories of boxing in general? Oh, I was in year five in school and um, it was when it was the Holyfield fight with the ear biting and uh, I was just mesmerised. I was like, what is this? Like, oh my God. And from then onwards, I was a boxing fan. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> this is great. So who was like the first fighter? I mean, you mentioned Holyfield there, but who was like the first fighter that you kind of almost like fell in love with in a, in a boxing sense, like the first one that kind of, for me it was always Nassim Hamid, but there's always one fighter that you can refer back to that it was like the reason why like you even started following the sport. Yeah, for me it was Tyson. Um, just everything about the man just intrigued me. I wanted to know more about him. I didn't understand and I was like, look at him. Like, it's just an intriguing character, really. And then with the women, it was Heather Hardy in New York. Um, and that was when I was a little bit older. And I was like, wow, this chick's done it. She had a kid. She wasn't amateur background. She's gone pro. She turned things around for women there. She was the, like, paving the way for people, I think. Like, sold out Madison Square Gardens, like, just off hustle and hard work. So, yeah, she was definitely one of my heroes and inspirations going into it. 
Do you remember the first fight you ever went to? Kind of the, the first time you was, was physically at a fight as opposed to like watching it on TV or anyway. Do you remember? Hmm. I don't know. I guess as far back as I can remember now, I went to both of the Groves Frotcher. That was wicked because obviously my trainer Paddy at the time was with um, Groves. Um, yeah, I've been to so many now. It's hard to pick. I don't know what the first one was, Keegan. No. no. But I just remember... Th I remember thinking, at all of them, you see the boxing in more detail on the screen at home, definitely, but the atmosphere when you're there is superb. And what I love now is that I fight first, <laughs> and then when I'm done, I get front row seats, and I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> I couldn't afford these if I tried. <laughs> it's like the best thing in the world. I'm, like, loving life ringside. <laughs> So that's kind of cool. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. Well, yeah. Perks is a job, I suppose they'll call that <laughs> somewhere. But actually, I was trying to think of like the first fight I went to while I was asking you that question. And I'll be honest with you, I don't remember the first actual boxing fight I went to. I've never actually thought about it till I actually asked you that question. But I, I actually can't remember, which I think we're just showing our age as well. I'm thinking like the, the Grove stuff, that's like eight, nine years ago now, isn't that it? Was, no, no, that wasn't as long as that. I can tell you that was probably... 2015 uh, or 14? No, do you know what? It might have been 14. 14, yeah. yeah. It's a long... It's, you forget, yeah. it's a long while ago now. And I certainly don't have a lot of memory cells past that. <laughs> <laughs> it's been an interesting life. <laughs> um, okay, a fantasy question now. Um, I've been kind of making the rules up to this, <laughs> this game all the time. So, right. So, you're going to pick, like, Beck Connolly's Fight Club, right? So, it's you. This is for the ring, right? So, in the ring, ring rules, you and four other people, could be male or female, doesn't matter, you and four other people, and then you're basically fighting, like I said, I'm making this up as I'm going along, you're fighting another five people, right? In the ring. So, who goes on Beck Connolly's Fight Club? Oh, this is an interesting question. I don't like the fact that they could be male and female. I'm going to stick to females because we're fighting a girl. <laughs> and actually, yeah. I, yeah, actually, would, just stick yeah. to the females then, because otherwise people go, "Well, you can't have that if yeah. men are fighting women." There's blah, a whole blah. other category these <laughs> days, isn't there? We're getting very technical now. <laughs> he, they, see, but it's fine. Um, I would want, I'd want that Greek girl, um, Effie. Right. <laughs> she's wicked have you seen her fight no. I absolutely she, she gets so into it and she's going for it if the bell goes you see her get angry the bell is gone I'm just like I love that chick so much so I'd have Effie um, I would definitely have Jonas because she's just class isn't she um, I'd want that um, gang is it Gangloff I think she's a proper warrior, the French girl. Right. I really, really like her. So that's three. I've got two more. So I've got the two that are going mental. I've got the one that would outclass them. Oh. You're really thinking about this. I, I love it. It's God. a really, really <laughs> good fight. I don't know who we're fighting. But yeah, I'll see the opponents <laughs> after. <laughs> oh, God. I need a good answer. <laughs> oh. No, I want to pick carefully. I don't want to rush myself. Into a corner. Oh, Katie Healy. Right. She's excellent. Yeah, and she can do a little bit of everything. So we'd be on a safe bet with that one. And my mate Gemma. 
Okay. Because like we fight good together. So. <laughs> right. so that's your fight for the ring. Now, what if I said that this was a street fight now? Street rules. I mean, we're not, by the way, we're not promoting any kind of street violence or anything. This is just for the purposes of this question. But because I was asking sort of other people that have been on this podcast and I'm like, and they like, they used, yeah, different people for kind of that street mentality as opposed to what they'd have in the ring. Yeah, my mate Faye, I just, <laughs> <laughs> she goes like, I want to, she's always like, you're fired, so what, big deal, <laughs> take him out of the pub, <laughs> there you go, that's my team. <laughs> you and Faye, you and Faye. Yeah, me and Faye would have it. All right, okay, all right, okay. But um, no, this is where people like, but what? For the record, no street fights will be had. <laughs> But no, but like, who is it? Fabio Waldi, like, I think he put Bruce Lee in his one. <laughs> he did. No, he put Bruce Lee in his team, but there was no rules to it. So he was like, like, you didn't have to think of like, that's what I mean. He, he used like Kimbo Slice. He used, yeah, Bruce Lee. And uh, I think he put Alan Babbage in there as well. I think everyone would have Alan Babbage <laughs> in, their, in their street team as well. But yeah, this was oh God, somebody. Oh, wicked street creek. I didn't like I'm a mess with us. Okay, okay. All right. Well, yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, but your team for the ring. I mean, I don't know your... Who, who's it? Gemma? Who? Gemma. Yeah. Uh, Jonas. G- yeah. Um, Effie. Effie. Um, Katie Healy. Right. Yeah. It's pretty decent. Yeah. Team, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't got opponents for you. I've just... I made that bit up, by the way. So... With a crew. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, okay. So, if you wasn't in the boxing business, what do you think... <laughs> What would I do? <laughs> what would you be doing? I mean, everyone's kind of, whatever their career path is, I think they've, at some point, it's crossed, whether it's you've been asked it or not, but if you wasn't doing this, what what do you think you'd be doing? What do you think, where do you think your life would be taking you now? I think my life would probably be on a different track if I didn't make so many poor decisions outside of the ring. <laughs> um, when I was a kid, though, I wanted to be a forensic pathologist. I thought that would have been a wicked job, and that would have been a totally different vibe to this one. <laughs> um, I'm not even going to pretend I know what that is. What is that? Oh, it's the people that do the crime scenes. <laughs> oh, right, okay. What are they called? The Forensic pathologist. Oh, yeah. forensic pathologist. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that was my one aim when I was at school or or fights <laughs> that went well <laughs> um yeah I don't I honestly don't know I always fo- follow my curiosity though because people are so stuck on one path aren't they and just like this little rigid own a house by this age do this by this age get married by this age and don't get me wrong I've done those things and didn't do very well at that. <laughs> relationships are not my forte <laughs> um but yeah. Do you think you would have pursued that? I mean, it's, what, it's, it's mad. No, no, no. I meant, I meant the for, forensic pathologist. I got that right, yeah. didn't I? Yeah. Do you um, do you think that if you kind of hadn't gone a boxing route, that you because you seem like someone that like if you wanted to do something, you'd at least try to do it. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Like, um, I think once it's making up your mind's half the problem because once I'm dead set on doing something, I'll do whatever it takes to get there. Like, absolutely, I've always been the same. Um, but I have to really want to do something. Um, and that's why I've just kind of followed my interests with things. Because I think if you're interested and you're passionate, like, that shows in your work. And that's why I went into nutrition. I became a nutritionist because I was really passionate about health and um, not, not get, like, medicinal 
like nutrition and that the cures in the food not in the medicine and not big pharma that is in what we do every day not what we do occasionally and that kind of stuff and passing that on um and I was passionate about that so that's why I wanted to learn about it so I sort of followed that interest and it's the same with fighting I was really passionate about that so I wanted to learn more and I wanted to do more and I think the big mistake and the thing I try so hard with my kids and Sometimes I think I've got through to them, other times I don't. It's like, you've got to not give a single fuck what anyone else thinks of what you're doing, apart from people that are actually in your life and that affect your life daily. Like, if you're doing something to upset your immediate circle, then obviously you need to take that and you need to consider what they're saying. But if you're listening to what someone on social media is saying or this person saying or the local gossip or... Like a small town, like Swindon's a small town, the town where I came from is a small town, Watford's not so much. But if you're caught up in that low vibe gossip sort of rubbish and you take that and you let it get in, like, screwed. Like, you've just got to go, you do you, I'll do me, and just crack on regardless because everyone is going to criticise. Everyone's going to have something negative to say at some point. Just ignore it, like crack on like I wouldn't have done half the stuff that I'd done if I'd listened to people like at all and everyone's always told me oh you won't be able to do that <laughs> you won't be able to do that you won't be able to do that and I was just kind of like mm, well no you can't do that oh, I'm gonna find a way <laughs> and that's what you gotta be like I mean at 20 I think how old was I, I was 28 no 27 when I found myself divorced with three children and one due in a month <laughs> and everyone was like how is she gonna cope like on her own completely away from family like two hours from my nearest family member and uh, I was just like I'm gonna find a way like I will find a way and they were like what are you gonna do and I was like oh, I'm gonna box <laughs> like she's, she's lost the plot they were like but you don't box you do judo <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know, I really like boxing. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and then I, I, I remember at the time I was in a school, um, I was doing interventions, youth work, and a bit of teaching, and um, I really loved my youth work and what have you, and it gave me the stability with the kids with an income coming in and everything. And I remember coming home about a year later and just saying to the kids, I'll quit my job today, I'm going to start my own business. <laughs> and they're all looking at me like, are we going to have a different life, Mum? <laughs> and I was like, no, don't worry. And like, it's been hard, like, you know yourself, like, setting up your own business, going out on your own. But it's embarrassing in the end, like, having four of them, like, someone's got a bellyache, someone's got a toothache, someone's got a doctor's <coughs> appointment, someone's got this, you've been pulled all the time, like, sorry, I need to leave early, sorry, I need to do this, sorry, this happened. And I was just like, I don't want this, I want to work for myself. Um... And years of graft, like some of those days were crippling. They were sort of 18-hour days and we were going under, under. And you've got to whack a smile on your face and pretend everything's okay. And, and then I've got Paddy like, come on, we need to get these fights in if you're going to turn over pro in a few years. Like you've got only this one little shot, this one little window. And then people are looking at me like, you're 29 now. Like, what are you talking about? And then at 32 <laughs> turning over, I was like, well, I said I was going to do it. I'm going to bloody do it. <laughs> and yeah, so it's just been... Yeah, it's just been a lot of hard work. That's why when, like, earlier I sat down with Lisa Whiteside, and she's phenomenal. She's a phenom 
athlete and I completely understand why some of the girls are avoiding her and don't want to fight her because she's that good. But she's got the background of dreams. Like, but that doesn't take away from what I am and what I've got because I was just a down and out at rock bottom, absolutely broke single mum at 27 that decided this ain't going to be my life. <laughs> and um, six years later, what is it, eight years later, don't even know now. <laughs> the years are going past really, really quickly, are they? Like, I fought like the best in the entire world on Sky Sports. <laughs> like, that's like that's that's enough for me. That that's um, that's more than an achievement in my eyes. Like, definitely. Do you remember kind of outside of the ring, like the first kind of fight or argument you ever got into? Do you remember? Or one that stands out more so? There must have been a point. There's always a point for someone where they thought, whether it was a, a physical encounter or like a, a verbal one, that something that sticks out outside of the ring. I don't know. For me, I think, because I'm not confrontational at all, I'm really low con- confrontational. Like, I'll like, try and be nice to everyone, try and, like, yeah, settle the storm. But I think the divorce for me and some of the awful things that happened like during that time was enough for me to go, I'm not this person. Like, that was the first time that I was like, it doesn't matter what someone else is saying about you. I know I'm not that person. I know, like, who I am inside. And it kind of gave me that, as long as you're authentic, as long as you truly know yourself. And I think there's a lot of lost people around, and that's what I've learned in these later sort of years, that a lot of people haven't done the self-development, they haven't done the work on themselves, they haven't got to know themselves. And they're just walking around not really too sure of who they are. And that's why they change for different people. And it's, it's not from a place of authenticity, I guess, is the word. Um, but I'd never had the sort of strength before that sort of encounter to sort of say, no, I do know who I am. Like, and I'm quite OK with that person. And actually, you've got a different opinion. It's not that my opinion doesn't matter or doesn't count or is a lie or anything. Like, And I think I've stood firm in, no, this is who I am. No matter what anyone says, it doesn't change who I am. Like, And at that point, I learned, this is where it's none of your business what people think of you like at all. Like, Everyone's too like wrapped up in what other people think. And let's face it, most of us are too busy with our own lives to really think much about other people right <laughs> well yeah well, that should be how it is but you know it's like this the the modern age now of like i don't know say when we were in our 20s etc that you could probably i don't know for someone to say something to you they had to actually physically say it yeah. to you but now it's like you're literally like you're embroiled in this stuff and it's like a changing world like even now I do really feel for the kids in that respect because I know my daughter was having some problem with some girls and what have you at school. When I, I and I, when she was talking, I was like, no, I went through the same sort of things. And I remember coming home, crying, going to bed, like dreading next day at school. And I was like, you don't get to do that because they come home with you in your phone. And she sat there like, oh God, this is going off on the group chat. This is going off on Snapchat. Look what they're snapping, look what they're doing. And I'm just exhausted by it all, and it must be horrific. And it's just as bad with the adults. <laughs> Some of the adults haven't grown up, and you're like, hang on a minute, that's my picture in a group chat. What did you write about me? <laughs> and you just have to laugh. Like, I would say that is the best thing that you can 
like the best of tribute is a sense of humour. If you can laugh at the darkest of things, like you'll get through anything. Yeah, I think like when you're, I say, I'm older than you. I just want to point that out to the listeners here. <laughs> I'm older than you, but the generation because we've kind of caught the best of both worlds, and I mean that very yeah. loosely, by the way. Um, but because we've been in eras where, like, you go to school and you don't have phones, etc. I didn't even have the internet when I was at school, right? So I think I think it was just creeping onto the scene uh, when I was at school. But I think now, because you've lived through that and now we're living through, like, your kids going through this, but you've already kind of been on both sides of the fence. So it's for people around, I'm going to say our age, but I want to point out that I'm older than you. Um, yeah, so it's. I think it's good that we kind of we've 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 been through both aspects. Yeah, definitely. And I was like looking back, and I rely on my phone loads. I will say, with the phones how they are nowadays, I run my entire business off of it. I very rarely get my like laptop out. Like I can do my emails on it. I can do everything on it. So I do get how good they are. But you're also connected twenty four seven, and sometimes I have to put it on silent and just like forget about it. Um, but I was saying to like my daughter, I was like, the first time I went travelling, like, we didn't have mobile phones then. I had 20p for the like <laughs> phone box. I phoned my mum once every six weeks and like drove round the... Or reverse the charges. Clapped out old van. Yeah, I was like, I'm just doing some desert in Australia, mum. I'll be, I'll be with you in a few weeks. And like, I could be anywhere in the world. She'd have no way of finding me. Postcards. But, like, Post people oh used God, to, I some people still postcards. do. Postcards. Literally, postcards are the best. <laughs> Collect one everywhere I go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, tell me about a time that you felt that you were fighting a losing battle. <laughs> I just thought of one that is not for <laughs> not for Why? an interview. Really? Uh, just because other people are involved. You can um, replace their names. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I won't say what the situation was, but I, I just got, and this is something that I've recently done, um, where you're really upset with the situation as it is, and it does, and you're taking loads of different approaches to try and explain, explain things to someone. And they're just not getting it. And it's not that you're giving up on them. It's that you know it's never, ever going to be something that is understood. And who was it the other day? Paddy, I think it was. We were talking about understood. And we all say understand, like, as in, yeah, I get what you're saying, but it's actually meant to be, I completely agree with you. Like, (laughs) I, I, I stand under what you're saying. And I think we've lost that, like, and people, yeah, people don't always say, <sighs> you have to walk away from some people, don't you? You have to, you have to say, I've put in a lot to this relationship, I've put in a lot to 
try and be understood, to try and make this work, to be able to effectively communicate, and it's just falling on deaf ears. And I think I've learned this year that that can drain you to the point where your family's suffering, your career's suffering, your job's suffering, your health is suffering. Um, I think my health really took a downturn with stress, like over the last 18 months. And I just had to, for once in my life, prioritise me and just be like, you know what? I'm not going to be able to take care of you kids. I'm not going to be able to work. I'm not going to be able to do all the things that I do if I keep being this stressed. Like, it's there's got to be an end to it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the lesson that I've learned and I'm pleased with this year. Are you good at cutting people off? No. Absolutely shocking. You have to do something. Like, it really... It really... Um, and it breaks my heart. It really breaks my heart, but... I think it comes to, I think I've had it explained to me lately, like people pleasers such as myself, um, you don't value yourself enough to be able to say, no, I'm worth a lot more, whether that's in friendships, relationships, family, whatever it is, like these are my boundaries, you're crossing them, please don't do that. And if it continues to happen, you have to be able to say, I really valued my part, your part in my life, but it's time to like, move on and leave it and I think that's a valuable skill for everyone to have especially with some of the toxic friendships that you see around these days like I'm seeing it with my kids as well and I'm like they're not your friends like friends don't treat you like that like just cut them off I wish I'd learned that sooner because it's taken me till grand old age of 21 no but I think with what you're saying there it's like isn't that something that you do you learn over time and experience because like I've got better at it and sometimes it is for the benefit of just your your insanity just to if you have to get rid of someone in terms of whether it's a relationship a friendship etc if it's bringing like that negative energy then then why why does that need to be in your life and I think negative energy as well if it's if the relationship is causing you that negative like impact, then that energy's got to be around them as well. So you're giving them a chance to like go off and find people that they do want to be with and they do want friendships with and they do want to be supportive around. So I think it helps everyone in the long term. But it's a really difficult skill to learn and it has taken me this long. And as I say, I'm seeing it with my kids too and they're no better at it than me. So I'm like, oh, a million chance. <laughs> oh, she didn't mean to say that. Oh, I'm sure what she meant was. They're like, no, Beck. <laughs> like, no, they definitely meant that. I can't stay angry either. I'm like, I'm so mad. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> That's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it can also, there could be a negative side to being like that in general. Like, like. I consider myself a little bit half and half in that way, but you've got it's, every situation's different as well. Like, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, and it's always about intent as well. Like, I'm heavy on intention. Like, like if somebody has done something in my life, I always think to myself, right? What was their intention? Yeah, what was their intention behind it? Because the intent behind it really is kind of the main thing, rather than the action. hundred oh, percent. And trying to explain that to some people is so so difficult. If your intention is good even though maybe the method wasn't, you can, you can definitely work around that. But if someone's done something with nothing but a bad intent, it's like, oh, that's like, what, what's happened to you to make you feel like that? I think another thing as well, and I've always been avoiding of confrontation, and I think I get accused of that a lot, 
that, oh, she just doesn't like conflict. She'll just shut up and, like, leave everything. But it's not that. It's that you don't need to... For every accusation, everything someone says, you don't need to give an answer. You don't owe anybody an explanation. If people want to talk, they want to believe stuff, let them. Like, it's not my job to go around correcting them about who I am and what actually happened. Like, I think very few people in your life know everything, don't they? Like, it is just, it's a private and personal life for a reason. And I've just learned to let things be. Believe what you want. Like, I'll crack on, I'll do me. <laughs> you enjoy your gossip. <laughs> You're wrong, but yeah. I think that's definitely, last five years especially, like, I've learned that big time. And it just showed me that adults are no better than kids. <laughs> They're really not. <laughs> what, what, what's the cause that Beck Connolly believes worth fighting for? What, what, what do you feel strongly about in life, kind of, whether everyone always thinks of, I don't know, it's usually like stuff that's either happened to people close to you or just certain things in life that have possibly happened to you, etc. But w what causes do you think are worth fighting for? Um, definitely for me, um, trauma. Like, um, the whole mental health movement. Now, I'm not against people supporting the mental health, like, because it's a big thing now, isn't it? I am against it being mental health. It's just health. Like, our physical health affects the chemical balances in our brain. Our emotional health, it all comes down to, I don't think these labels help anybody. ADHD, depression, anxiety. Like, depression and anxiety are a natural part of being human. Like, take us back to the caveman days. You had to be depressed to stay in your cave and you had to get anxious to run from a saber-toothed tiger. It's not so good if you get anxious about opening an email, which, oh, hands up. <laughs> I'm like that, oh God, what does the email say? <laughs> Always something bad in an email. Um, so I get that. It's when anything's out of, out of sync or out of line. But I really do not think labels help anyone. They're for jars. Like, it's just part of the human experience. Um, and it, sometimes it, everything comes down to trauma. It's a trauma response, whether it's a response to a teeny tiny little trauma or something incredibly difficult. It's just a human emotional reaction to whatever has happened. And we've got to teach kids resilience and how to navigate that and how to help each other when we're navigating really difficult situations. Instead of being so judgmental, like, oh, he's eating 20 chocolate bars in a row, or he's, like, in his bedroom 24-7, doesn't work at the moment, or in the pub every night. It's like, well, that's not the problem. Let's stop making that the problem and look at the issue, like, what's happened behind that? Like, what was the trauma that this person needs to, like, self-soothe? Because that's all it is. And sometimes it's just the case that they're giving themselves space and time and... Some, doing something so that their brain can process it and get through it. And then the other thing that I'm really passionate about is nutrition and just, I think it's something that everyone should have a good understanding of. We're human and it's so, so important. And 80% of the food in the supermarket is not for human consumption, <laughs> which is pretty sad. Like, it's bad. But we, we've made all these diseases and like 90% of disease can be cured and prevented by nutrition. I think it's so sad that we're in this pharmaceutical sort of era 
where they created the problem, they solved the problem, and then they're selling the <laughs> correction to the problem that's going to be lifelong needed. And I'm like, wow, this is a money-making scam. <laughs> I want no part of it. <laughs> you, you do make a good point there, um, just kind of going back on uh, what you said previously about, I think people, they focus on like the action of, of, of people. Like if you're an alcoholic or you take drugs, yeah. it's like, right, Stop doing it. Okay, it's like don't drink, right, or whatever. But that's the action of the of whatever. Problem, but the drink's right. not the problem. It's actually what's leading you, or to take drugs, or to drink, etc. It's the yeah, it's the process which you've got to to get that that needs to be addressed, rather than just like taking away something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's the whole judgment era. Like I hate judgmental people. I really, really do. And I'm not talking about recreational use. I'm not talking about recreational eating or anything like that because we all like going out on a Sunday eating an ice cream and doing your Sunday <laughs> roast and you know you can't eat like that every day and it's bloody lovely, we enjoy it, done. And I'm sure there's some people that enjoy taking drugs and drinking at the weekend and it's not for any issue, it's just, oh, I had a great time, yeah. done. But the people that are like trying to process some shit and trying to get through it and then they've got, oh, did you see her drinking? Did you see him doing this? Did you? And I'm like, shut up, let's talk about like, have you found out what the problem is? Right. Have you offered any solution to what the problem is or any help with them processing that? Or do you want to just go sit with them and make sure they're safe while they're, while they're trying to get through this? And I think that's what we've lost. We're in that judgment era and that I'm better than them and I'm this, I'm that. And I'm just like, oh, please. <laughs> but it's true. And like I said to you, a lot of... Um Especially with people you don't know as well. Like if you if you see like a celebrity or someone you've heard a story about that you don't really know, and it's like, oh, he's you know he's bang on the gear, or oh, he's yeah. an alcoholic, or he's this, or he's got a gambling no, problem, blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> it's like it's like a passing thought in your brain, and you're like, you don't. No one ever questions what you're like. What you're referring to is in. Hang on a minute. Like, why has he got that? What's, what's actually happened? Yeah. yeah. And no one's, no one's interested in people's story. And I think it's really sad. And I think that's really important for people that, like, if they're your friend or they're in your close circle, then look out for them. Like, be there for them. Like, time is the most precious thing you can give away. I hate people wasting my time because I don't have a lot of it. And You're 21. What are you on about? I know. I've got so much to go. <laughs> so much to learn. I'll be well wise by the time I'm 38. Uh, God, I really look forward to that. Um, yeah, just, just give people your time. Be there for them. Like, be physically there. Like and stop with this, like a little comment can do so much damage. Like it really, really can. Involving yourself in someone's business that you know very little about can do so, so much damage. And like, I'm quite fortunate, well not fortunate really, but I've had some experiences earlier in life that made me really get to know myself and really do some self-development. And I'm quite, as I said, secure in who I am. That's not that I don't have low self-esteem in other areas or anything like that, it's just that underneath I know who I am um, but even things that I've had said to me I thought geez like if you're going through a really hard time and you're not securing yourself like you could push someone to the brink with this stuff like and I've been pushed right there and I think god for I hate to use the word weaker but a weaker mind just through lack of self-work like you could be the cause of them not wanting to be alive right now like 
sort yourself out. To stay in your own lane, as I say. Like, and it's so simple. Be nice or be quiet. Like, it's not hard. I love that. I love that. Yeah, just... If someone... And I think it's really important and we need to normalise as well. I've got, and I've learned this from my friends. They all need different things. Um, when they're coming to vent, it's like, ask, what do you need right now? Do you need some advice from me? Would you like some advice from me? Or do you just want to get it off your chest? Because I think sometimes when you just start so... You need to get something off your chest and then someone's putting their two <coughs> pence in and you're like, oh, that won't... You know your situation. You know that won't work. And you didn't want that. You just wanted to release. And I think that's really important because I think too many people like offer up like well-intended advice straight away. But sometimes that's not what people need. They just need that shoulder. You're actually more sensible than I thought you was, to be fair. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got about seven hours till I hit the parking. <laughs> but, but I just, get really philosophical. <laughs> just going back to what you're saying there, and I think kind of again, this is all like a, a change in time where, like, a lot of like social bullying, etc., and these kind of instances that we've seen with TV rea- reality stars that have um, sadly like taken their lives due to issues that have kind of stem from online and um i think to, always think to myself that like like if i was for example a troll to you <laughs> no 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 actually yeah. let me actually rephrase what i'm going to say here. <laughs> i'm again making this stuff up in my head but no but if i if you're going through like a really bad time in your life for example right where you're like contemplating like not being around etc cetera, etc cetera, and then you've got someone or not me but someone else that could send you a message and just say, I don't know, I hope you get knocked out tonight, Beck, or whatever, do you know what I mean? One of them things. That could be, you're right, that could be the tipping point. So who, me or you or anyone on the street, to judge when someone's tipping point is? So that tipping point, like, literally could be yeah. the catalyst for them to think, it's right, that's it, I'm not, yeah, exactly, like, exactly. And I think, like, why, like, why, for what? Do you know what I mean? And I think it's really important for anyone like, I'm not even in the public eye really, but internet wise and like that's why I draw a really strict line with what I let in. Like I think the saddest thing in the world is when you've got people in your circle that are the ones doing the negative talking to you and that's where you've got to learn to be like, nah, this is not right now, like time to cut this off. Um, but like I've been through a really, I don't need to, well I won't go into detail because it's all private, but really tough. 18 months, maybe two years now. Um, and this, I think it was back in March, like around the Sky Fight and that. And the, I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> it's a, just a joke what the trolls write. Like, I do not let that stuff in at all. I mean, I weigh in in the lightest thing I can because that makes weight. Um, and people were reading to me the comments on, like, I obviously only read the comments on my Instagram and my pages because they're people that are fans of me if they're on my page, like that's nice. And like, they're always really positive, but I wouldn't go out of my way to read negative comments on say, Eddie Hearn's page or something like that about me. I think someone said I look like Ricky Hatton. Ricky Hatton, (laughs) the way in, I was like, wow, (laughs) he's changed. But I was I'm like, trying to even piece that in my head. I don't know who, whoever wrote that. Fucking hell. I was like, these are trolls. Like, why would I Why would I care? What? Well, probably, let's be honest. No, please be very, honest. Very, 
like <laughs> how I imagine them is sat on their sofa with their Cheetos in one hand, their beer in the other, their gut hanging over. They're like, jabber. <laughs> well done, mate. <laughs> like, uh, literally, oh my God, little <laughs> fat carrot. <laughs> oh my God, look at her underwear. <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, think what you want. You don't pay my bills. Like, at all. What I do care about is what my friends and family say about it. And, um, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, my real friends and family like love me, and they would never say anything but positive things. And they're so proud. They're just like, "Well, you got up there, you made weight again." They know how much I struggle with like, not struggle, but it's hard work. Like, I'm not one of the assigned fighters that is like, "Oh, I'm super featherweight. This is my weight, and I do the same thing every time." It's like, "Oh, bet you can have this much money if you get down to Bannon. Bet if someone fight a super light, you can get paid there." Okay, like ah. <laughs> And it's just all a learning curve all the time. And getting on those scales is like a big thing. Like, it really is. Yeah. And it's not like the nicest thing for a woman, is it? Like, I'm just going to strip off and stand on stage in front of loads of people in my undies. <laughs> well, it's, it's true. Listen, obviously, like, this, the, the majority of the weigh-ins that obviously happen are, like, male-dominated. So no one's on there, literally, unless they're, like, particularly, like, I suppose, overweight for what they are, where people start judging, going, oh, he looks a little bit like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Whatever. But for women, it must be horrendous because, again, you're going up there, and, and, like you said, the purpose of you going there, stepping on the scales, you want to be in the lightest attire possible, blah, blah. <laughs> but then you've got, you're getting judged, literally. Oh, not, oh, well done, Beck, you made weight, or blah, blah, blah. You're getting judged for all, like, what you're wearing and yeah. etc. and your, your body shape and etc. And it's like, it's a fucking mad world, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And that is why I draw the line at them. I'm like, as long as my friends and family are being really positive and they're really proud of me, and if you're not, you're not my friend, and like, I have to draw that line and be like, why would I care what Joe up in Scotland is saying about... That was <laughs> Joe, by the way. <laughs> wow, very judgmental. <laughs> Apparently I look like Ricky Hazard. <laughs> I was like, oh, loved Ricky. <laughs> don't want to look I like can't even see that. <laughs> Joe, if you're watching, I don't know if his name was Joe from Scotland, but um, but what 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 are your everyday battles in life? What do you pinpoint in your head as to your the everyday battles in Beck Connolly's life? Um, paying the bills. <laughs> it's definitely we like, spoke about that before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like everything's like everything's expensive when you've got a lot of children. Um, and we like a lot of adventures as well. And then the other side is, like, I have to practice, like, my mental strength, like, every day. I have to be grateful. I have to go through those steps every day to maintain a positive energy around myself. Um, and like I say, nine times out of ten, that allows me to socialise and be around anybody and anybody's energy because mine's so firm and that hasn't been the case um, f- for a little while now, so I have to like consciously get up. Today's going to be a good day. This and be grateful when I go to bed. Like this happened, did this, and appreciate the small things. Like my dog <laughs> definitely has taught me to like appreciate the small things again. So when my last dog died, it's about 2016. I swore never again because it just hurt so much. <laughs> Jack, his name was. Um, but Martha is like, she's a bugger. She's a little bugger. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, she's destroyed our lives. 
but she's just made it so complete. Like she's such a little bundle. Like she, you come through the door and someone's so happy to see you. We go on big long walks. Every, like she's added an extra two hours to my day. <laughs> I'm getting less sleep, but I love our walks and I love our like yeah. It just made me really appreciate the little stuff like loads more. Like getting back out in nature and all the things that maybe I'd let slip if I was really busy with work, but I can't now because dog needs walking. <laughs> When was the last time you felt like you were fighting back tears? Um, <laughs> just this morning, no. <laughs> um, recently, it's been really, really, really hard. I was going through a really hard time, um, as I say, this year. When the Nina Hughes fight, I was rowing with someone in the changing rooms and I was proper crying and that was hard, hard. And then my son afterwards, because my head was elsewhere and he was crying because it got stopped. And like he was just mad because he was like, you could have carried on from that. And I was like, oh, I know. <laughs> and that was that was a really difficult night. We was all crying on the way home from that fight. Um, yeah, I think... Boxing's great, it is life, like, in a little chasm, isn't it, inside that ring, like, you're going through it all, um, but I think it was the Nuna Hughes fight, that I was like, no, things need to change, like, definitely, definitely need to change, I need to get back to being back, and um, the Ebony Jones fight, I felt like my, not okay, okay, but I felt like myself again, and, like, I was enjoying being, that was the big change, like, I was enjoying being in with, um, Ebony, like every time the bell went, I was like, this is what I do, this is what I love. And um, I thought it was quite a good scrap. I enjoyed it, <laughs> apart from the no situation, but I thought it was quite a good move of hers. <laughs> but yeah, I had a good crack that night. And uh, yeah. Do you consider yourself like kind of away from boxing? Do you consider yourself an emotional person? Um, yeah, my emotions have always been a total asset, though, and I think that's what people don't understand. Like, I wear my heart on sleeve, and sometimes that gets me completely screwed over a lot of the time. Um, but I wouldn't change that. What I have learned to do is emotionally, regu like, regulate myself. Like, so, like, maybe 10 years ago, or even, even six years ago, I couldn't regulate my emotions very well so if I was and don't get me wrong it was never anger or anything like that but if I was upset it would be visible and there was nothing I could do to stop that they'd just flow and flow and flow and now like I'm quite measured and quite calm and it still hurts and I still but I allow myself time to like I don't know I compartmentalize a lot better these days I guess that's age so yeah Everything you've kind of achieved in your life, do you think, has anything come without a fight? It feels like, listening to you, it feels like you've had to fight for everything. So has anything come kind of handed to you, gift wrapped no, on a no. plate? And I think it would be really easy, and don't get me wrong, there's been occasions where, like, it would be easy to feel sorry for yourself and easy to feel, like, bitter about things. And, like, how do other people just get things so easy? And then, then I think you know what, you've got it so easy compared to so many, many other people that would die to be in your position. And then I think, think back to that girl you were 10 years ago. You'd have given anything to be where you are now. So, like, give some... Maybe it doesn't feel like you thought it would. Maybe there isn't the stuff around it that you thought there would be. But, like, you've set, you've set out to achieve something and you've done that. So, 
I just uh, yeah, it's just constantly reminding yourself you're right where you need to be and you're learning what you need to learn. And things change, don't they? Like things never stay the same. Daily, you think nothing changes, and then you look back and you go, "Shit, loads changed that year. <laughs> like loads and loads." And things come out of nowhere as well. Like you, th- every time I've thought I'm down and out and I'm never like, oh, I just don't know where to turn. Something, something always happens. So I just think you've just got to keep hope all the time. Try not to think of my next question uh, from a boxing perspective, okay. but where does your fight spirit come from? Like as Beck Connolly, the person as opposed to the boxer? I think I was just like born with it. I think, I think it, our childhoods, as much as I really, really hate those people that go, oh, this must have happened in childhood to make them like this. And I'm like, oh, come on, grow up. You're an adult now. <laughs> like you've got to take responsibility for yourself. Your childhood shapes you. There's no way around it. And I don't think the struggles are necessarily a bad thing. Um, but I didn't have that like childhood that a lot of people had and the, the easy time of it. And it just made me, like, it made me really good at finding solutions and finding ways around and making something of nothing. <laughs> and there is always a way, like, always. And it... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe quite imaginative with the ways that I managed to find a way to do stuff. So, yeah. Do you ever feel like you're having to fight demons? Do you have demons that you fight? Yeah, definitely. Um, I could slip into a really, really dark place if I let myself. Um, That not wanting to be here has been something that has been in my head since I was little. Like, just not fitting in either. Like... Um, I've lived everywhere. When I say I've moved around a lot, I've moved around a lot, and I'm happy-go-lucky, and I'll go talk to anyone and make friends, and I've still got my childhood friends, like, from school, and I go back to them every now and then. Like, we stay in contact all the time, obviously, and they're my true friends. But there's always that I'm an outsider wherever I go. Like, I've always wanted that. I've always wanted a family and a home, and I guess those things come easy to other people, and that's never happened for me. Um... So, yeah, and also, like, I could eat and drink myself to death if I wasn't so disciplined. Like, like yeah, I've, nothing else really interests me, but if you could give me some chocolate and some wine, Jesus, <laughs> and just go to town on it. So, yeah, I think everyone's got something that they, like, have to fight all the time. So, I mean, look, you fight for your, your kids, your family, and the people that come out to support you, but who who fights for you then? Who's like, who's in your corner? Uh, like, I'm not talking about like in terms of boxing either. I'm saying who have you got kind of that you can fall back on? Yeah, I think that's been a big thing this year. Like, that is why I've been in a low place. I'm like, when's it my turn to just have someone that you can count on? Like, truly count on. And I hope that happens one day, but in the interim, like... I'm pleased that I'm strong enough that if I do have to go it all alone, I'm okay, that I've got it. (laughs) But, yeah, that's definitely something that plays on my mind. I'm like, yeah, it'd be nice to not be the one fighting all the time. (laughs) Do do you feel like um, like bad situations and, and negative situations that happen in your life are kind of as bad as they are and as negative as they are um, really kind of show you more so about your life 
more so than when things are are on the up and everyone's kind of almost like riding a train with you. But yeah. when you've had those kind of instances in your life, and I'm not specifically talking about boxing, I'm talking about life in general, that they've, you kind of see, it's like the whole cliche change room thing, like a losing fighter in a change room. I think, uh, was it Sergio Martinez said like when he won a world title, when he was like, his phone was littered with calls and then like, he said like when he got beat, it was like three calls, two from his mum and it was like, it's true, I know it's a bit cliche, but it's true, that mentality, but outside of the rings, is that how you feel as well? Yeah, definitely, and I think it's really, really important to, sometimes you're just collateral damage in someone else's war with themselves. Like, sometimes I've searched, like, because I always think you've got to find the lesson and everything, you've got to find a reason, there's always a reason, even if you don't see it at first. But I think sometimes it's harder to take when the lesson isn't yours, you're simply a walk-on part in someone else's lesson. Um... But I think that's part of being human. We're part of the human consciousness, aren't we? We're part of like we're all connected in some way, um, and I think that's taught me just to let go of stuff. I don't carry around emotional baggage with me. It's harder when your kids are involved because that really, well, you know yourself. Like anything that gets to your kids gets to you, doesn't it? And like you fight hell, <laughs> hell for your kids. But um, yeah, everything else. I think it shows you as well, like, and that's a big lesson for me is when life shows you what who someone is and what they are. And I don't believe in bad people at all. I think people make bad decisions, um, but I don't think anyone's bad at all. I just think some people are meant to be in your life and some people are not. Like, you, you're negative, like, you create a negative energy with some people and some people you create a positive energy with. And you've got to keep around them and leave them to go their way. And it's separating the two, especially when you're like, like me. I'm like, oh, I just love everyone. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's a lesson to learn, isn't it? But, yeah, I think you can um, do yourself a lot of damage if you don't learn that lesson. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I share your sentiment of there's no bad people. They only make bad decisions. I get that from the perspective yeah. you're saying it, but... I don't know, some, some, pe- no, some people I'm thinking like, that's more than just the life choice, do you know what I mean? Like what, what, okay, what we'll they've have done. A, we'll have a list on the outside, Hitler's definitely in that list. That's a different podcast. Um, you knew it wouldn't go normal, <laughs> we're now on Hitler. Um, just finally, um, and you can answer this exactly whatever the, kind of what comes into your brain, but what drives that fight within you? What drives the fight? within you I just always had this feeling there was something more like there's something more and I don't know when yeah it just gets me up in the morning that, that I'm not done whatever I was put here to do is not what I've done so far and I think any time like any time you've managed to reach someone as well or any time you've managed to inspire someone, like, that fills me with, like, happy, happy feelings. And I think I've done that in boxing, like, and I think I've done that in, in life as well. Um, I th- I'm sure I've done a lot of the complete opposite for people <laughs> as well. But, um, yeah, that definitely drives me forward. And just knowing you left people, like... I hope by the time I'm done with my life that I've used my body, I've used all my money, I've had massive adventures um, and I've got stories and scars and 
um, and leaving people better than I found them. And if I haven't, and I've left people worse off than I found them, then then I'll have failed. But yeah, that's it. I don't think you're gonna you're gonna leave anyone worse off. I think like Cityos. <laughs> Well, hopefully, when I win later and I'm proving that you can swim in the Hilton Hotel's fountain. That's a different podcast. Beck, that's a different podcast. And uh, we're not endorsing swimming in fountains either, by the way. Absolutely not. And I probably won't be welcomed back to the Hilton in case then. But <laughs> there's no timestamp on this. So this is from 2019. This, this was recording too. No, it wasn't really. But uh, Beck, listen, again, uh, appreciate your time. And, for myself as well, because we do, we've done quite a few interviews over the last sort of couple of years. But I, I've learnt more from from this about you, uh, oh. which is which is good. Which is the objective of people listening on this, <laughs> on this podcast to kind of, yeah, because I feel if I'm learning more, then I know everyone else is as well because it's stuff that you've not like we've not heard you speak about before. So. Appreciate. Uh, usually, I try to take your job, are they? <laughs> this is Beck Connolly for IFL TV, <laughs> sponsored by Everlast. <laughs> good plugs, good plugs. Um, but yeah, thank you for your time again, and um, we'll definitely we'll catch up again very soon. Perfect! Yay! Right, fight time now. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.